Hey everybody, and uh, welcome to the Mad Men recap for season two. John, are you excited? I'm excited. <laughs> My name's Paul, and, uh, and that's John, and um, we want to thank everybody for the outpouring um, for the uh, for the uh, Let's Do Season 2. Uh, Easily the most responses we've had for anything. For anything. If you're just joining us, uh, thank you. And uh, how it went is John and I have been recapping Season 1 in the off-season. I did air quotes. And, um, and then we were just going to start back up and finish up Season 3. But uh, we left it up to the listeners, and uh, we had, I believe, the final count, John, was uh, 200,000 emails that were pro uh, doing season two. Any against? Uh, there was one guy. There was one guy from Romania who, who has, well, he keeps asking us to just stop doing the show. But other than, other than Boris, we're cool. All right. Yeah. So anyway, season, season two, here we come. John, the first show is named... For those who think young, uh, starts out great, and we learn, of course, three key things this 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 episode for season uh, two. Number one, in 1961, John, you can actually give a copier as a Valentine's Day gift. I don't know if you knew. Ooh. That. <laughs> um, Saul got married, John. WTF? I don't know. And uh, Peggy, although softened from childbirth. Is still a horrible bitch. That's true. Every she, time she comes out of the gate, swinging, terrible, swinging, yes. swinging the bitch stick. So with the uh, with the show, what do you think of that? The opening medley. I really, I really loved uh, the opener. Everybody kind of getting ready for work. I thought it was a great, especially like a season two first episode opener. Like you know all these characters. I mean, obviously the show is about an office environment. Getting ready for work. What a great idea. That was really cool. Well, it actually tells you a lot. You know, we know Pete was a terrible guy last year, and somehow Trudy is still doting on him. John, I think I think um, I prefer if you always refer, referred to Pete as Rapey Pete. Rapey Pete. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess then I don't have to say terrible guy if we're using that. Exactly. I think it's understood. Yes, but you know, so he still has a doting wife, which is amazing. Um, Pete actually broke in and stole things from Don's office not once but twice in the first season. And we see a lock being put on Don's office. What a so knob. that's not going to happen. What? What a knob. I know, but now it's not going to happen again because he has a lock. Well done. And we see that Peggy, you know, status post-childbirth, did lose the baby fat. Good for her. Good for her. I'm proud of her. And then uh, we saw that Joan can actually zip up her own, uh, her own dress from the back by herself. Is that a big deal? Apparently, Kate and I were watching the show together via satellite because she's still out in California. And uh, we're watching over the phone. I know that's kind of weird, but, you know. Uh, and she was like, wow, I can't believe she could do that. I imagine, I mean, that's a lot of, Joan's a whole lot of lady. I don't know. I just imagine. Anyway, All right. moving on. <laughs> you know, we also see uh, Betty riding a horse. Yeah, this is new. This is brand new. Who knew she rode a horse? Not me. I thought all she did was look crazy. Yeah, and sit on top of the dryer. Uh-oh. Hey, come on, man. Uh, well? What you do in your own time is not your business. Unless there's cameras and it's a TV set. Uh. <laughs> we, also, uh, we also see Don right away um, at the doctor. Um, the doctor gives him some wise words, I'd imagine, John. <laughs> I like how the doctor's an ass to him. 
We can't do that anymore. <laughs> that's not being an ass. That's just, that's what I would say if I was the doctor. Well, no, the, just the one line where he takes his blood pressure and Don asks, what, you mm. know, what is it? And he just kind of like, I mean, just, just looks down at him. Is like, like that would mean something to you. Yeah, like you understand numbers at all, you, you know. fool. Because nowadays, you know, almost everybody has, everybody with high blood pressure has their own blood pressure cuff at home. Um, oh, really? A, lot, a, a great many people do. Do you have your own cuff? I do, actually. Well, you're but, a doctor. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have my own cuff. Yeah. Now the, um, you know, and then, then he, he's talking to him about lifestyle, which is appropriate, and he asks him his family history, which is appropriate. You know, he's like, you're living hard. It's going to catch up with you. And, uh, you know, he gives, him a, uh, he gives him some medication for blood pressure, um, which is not something that I ever use. Uh-huh. And um, and then he gives him uh, a <laughs> phenobarbital, a barbiturate, uh, which is really really heavily abused, and it is a uh, an anxiety medication. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, I was going to ask you about the drugs because I had no idea. No, no, the phenobarbital it is it is an anxiety medication, um, and you know it's um, it's. Uh, it's not exactly the, the same as what you use nowadays, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely will mellow you out. It's just super abused. Could you could you send a little my way? Well, you want the newer ones or that one? Uh, whatever you whatever you're willing to risk your uh, your career on. My medical license. Whatever. All right, talk to me after. Thanks, pal. Uh, so then we see uh, we see uh, Betty at the uh, at the stables with her new best friend. Who is this woman, John? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember her from the from uh, season one. first season. Not at all. So okay, so we didn't miss that. No, I don't think so. I don't remember her listeners. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And I actually, I, you know, I didn't go through the credits, but I, I don't, uh, I don't even know her, that her, we learn her name in the show. Her name was not mentioned. I think she's just supposed to be like uh, accepted as one of Betty's friends from the neighborhood. No, and, and we will see her more. No, we do. Yeah. But but in this episode, you know, you don't learn really, really anything. Um, but I, you know, I think we um, we find out, you know, again that she's just still unhappy. Um, you know, she kind of looks down on her friend for talking to a man. Like, you know, you're married. How dare you talk to a man? I gotta say and, honestly, um, if Betty was a real person and I lived in the same time, she, I would not be friends with her. I don't like her. You don't like her. I don't like her. I, I don't know if I've said this before. Have you said no? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, you've said it before. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a pretty lady. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to spend any time with her. And she gets she gets into the car, and her friends like, "How do you get into newer in that?" She's like, "Little children, no difference." <laughs> which is which was funny. That I, was funny. If you're if you're heartless and you don't like kids like me, uh, that was funny. But uh, but yeah, so she you know again just just unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move we move on to your first point. As far as uh, the office gets a new surprise, it's a it's a Xerox machine, John. It's it's literally the size of a city block. It's huge. It is enormous. It's a big deal, but everybody's excited about it. New technology, John. Oh yeah, no, saving no. time, saving money, making people happy. It's um, it, it is a big deal, and and Joan even points that out. It's like you girls have no idea how much this will be a help. So I can only imagine. And then uh, uh, Kinsey comes in, and now, did he grow the beard for season two? Yeah. What a douche. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's not helping him. That's all I got to say. Nope. <laughs> not helping, pal. Uh, I think if anything, if anything, it makes him a little more creepy. If possible. Yeah. Then we're in the, uh, we go to the, uh, we go to one of the meeting rooms. The, uh, the old gang is hanging out. Um, Peggy is in there because, as we know, she's been promoted to a uh, copywriter. And yet she's not being treated anywhere like an equal. Not yet. No, we're still asking her for ice. Not yet. I don't know if she ever will be. Uh, I feel like she's making, you know, she's a, and we actually kind of see this now. Is I think she realizes very quickly she needs to become hard as nails. Mm-hmm. Like she needs to become hardened and quick. Right. Um, which, I mean, I don't think is uh, hard for her because she's already kind of, she's kind of a tough lady. Right. Uh, especially after um, having a kid, which um, is not mentioned. Well, which is kind of mentioned um, because in the meeting, uh, they're waiting for Don. Don's not there. He's at the doctor or whatever. And um, they say uh, they say to Peggy, hey, go check on Don. Where's Don for us? You know, of course, they send her. And right. uh, one of the guys says, uh, yeah, so uh, I heard that. Uh, I don't I don't I don't know what say over the break, but there was no break, really. Well, no, because she she was gone. Yeah, she was gone. But yeah, while she was gone, uh, apparently she gave birth to uh, a Draper child. Right. And, uh, and now she's back and the weight has gone. The weight has gone with that. Um, which is, uh, which is, I feel like the only time we really hear anyone say that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right because then they keep talking about it and then, um, and uh, Ray P. Pete walks in and says, you know, I thought it was a fat farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pete is still clueless to the fact that it, she did have a child, and it was indeed his. No, no idea. She didn't. She didn't know. She didn't know she was pregnant until she delivered. Yeah, but she knows now that it was a rapey Pete child. You don't know that. She could I have hear, done it with other people. I well, we didn't see. But uh, but yeah. So so she she walks out. They speculate on on her problems. They're all starving. Because uh, Don is supposed to come from his physical to the meeting, but instead of coming uh, to the meeting, they wind up going to the diner. Well, he yeah, he goes to like a bar for some bar food. But um, probably the best part of the show, John, is what yeah. happens when Peggy goes to see where Don is. She uh, she goes, and I think, is that woman's name Gladys? Lois. Lois, damn it! <sighs> So Peggy goes uh, to, to ask Lois, and Lois says, hey, uh, oh, yeah, Don called, and he said uh, he was going to the movies to see Peter Pan. I think he was joking. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Come on. It's, it's funnier. Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I get that now. Um, and, uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm going to, don't fire me, John. No, from, no, you're, you're. From the show. You're uh, hanging on. Thank you. Uh, so she, uh, she go, uh, so, uh, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, oh, you know, he was, you know, she kind of laughs about that and, uh, Peggy starts to walk away. She turns back, she comes back and she's like, what are you, uh, what are you inferring? And, uh, Lois is just like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Absolutely uh, clueless. Like she's, she's pretty dumb. And so Peggy, uh, like asks her again, where's, you know, where's Mr. Draper? And she's like, I thought I just told you he was at the movies. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. Um, I'll ask you one more time. Where's Mr. Draper? She says, I don't know. Peggy says, very good. Just mean. Just tough as nails, man. I but loved that, it. 
I like it how it really points out that she's got a, <laughs> a unique Don Draper relationship. You know what I mean? Like this is she didn't have to do any of that. She wasn't doing it to get on Lois. She has a, a respect for Don and wants to see that his reputation's kept as intact as possible. Oh, that's funny because I didn't see it like that. I totally thought um, that that was the way kind of Joan taught her to be. You know? Yeah. Kind of the whole you don't. You know, you just say I don't know. And uh, and yeah, also also I don't I don't know. I mean, just that. You know, she's she should know better than to gossip about her boss or, you know, perceived gossip, even though she really wasn't. Because I, I kind of get the feeling that that interchange would not have happened if that was, say, uh, Freddie Rumson's desk lady. You know what I mean? I, I really feel like Peggy has a little bit of a beholden no, no, totally, because totally. of because of the promotion and, and all of that stuff. And yep. and, um, oh, and, and the fact that Lois is just a moron. Oh, my God. She she plays that very well. Nails it. Great actress. Maybe she's a moron in real life. Lois, if you'd like to come on the show and dispel those rumors, feel free. <laughs> yeah. Email us at staff at mad, uh, com. So the next We're... scene is uh, is Don. Uh, he's kind of having lunch in the uh, in the bar, and he's sitting next to a guy reading this book, uh, Meditations in an Emergency by Frank O'Hara. John, did you research this? Uh, no. Because I have no idea what that book is, because I just watched the episode last night. And uh, and I have no idea to the significance of the show. And usually you being the more astute one and the older brother, uh, have this stuff all figured out for me. Well, it, it, it actually... Um... This is a, this this actually is a little uh, little off on the show. the The show's taking place um, in uh, Valentine's Day of nineteen sixty one, and um, the O'Hara poem uh, captures the pace of a New York day in nineteen sixty two, according to a book review from two thousand and eight in the Best American Poetry. Uh-huh. So it's just you know you know how it kind of looked more like a booklet. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a full-on like novel book. Yeah, right. totally. Appar- apparently, it's just a a long poem that talks about New York City in the early '60s. Okay, I like that because at the end of the episode, because you have no idea, because I I didn't get it at all. But at the end of the episode, he's he he's it's a bit poetic, and so that makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Don says, you know, what is that? The guy says, yeah, the, the guy really blows Don off as being um, too uh, stupid businessman like to uh, want to understand uh, that kind of book. Pretty much. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> and it, you can tell that gets under Don's skin. And I think that's why later in the episode he ends up reading it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Uh, so the next scene when I, when Joan comes into uh, Roger's office i i never understand why roger always talks about mona so much um with joan well at this point they're done they are but still you know i I think i think roger likes to likes joan because he can talk really about anything with her you know he doesn't talk about wifey stuff with uh cooper or draper you know he can he can actually just talk to joan about anything Mm. and um and then you know he gives her a little ribbing for her new bow who, to this point, we have not met. 
Yeah, um, Doctor. <laughs> he has a funny line about him being Jewish, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He's like, are you still with that Jewish doctor? And she yeah. says, he's not Jewish. Well, not anymore. <laughs> I get that, but it's funny. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know why, like, why, why he would just, say that. It was just a funny line. Um, so then Duck Phillip comes in the office. That son of a bitch, John. I tell you what, this really came out of nowhere. It does. You know, he, he, he kind of comes across as a nice guy. They end episode one on a high note with the big sale to no, you mean, uh, Kodak. You mean Kodak. the finale. The, I'm sorry, and season one, yeah. Um, with the big sale to Kodak, he's like, yeah, you really made me look good. And it really seems like they, uh, they manufactured this animosity uh, because where Duck and Don were freely uh, discussing and, and interchanging ideas at the end of uh, season one, now Duck is, is uh, I don't know, too immature or too proud to actually talk to Don. It makes you know, no sense. It, it really doesn't. I mean, at least, at least two times, if not three times, um, you know, in, in both uh, this episode and next, you know, Duck's like uh, telling other people to tell Don something. Yeah. You know, and that's always like a classic way for tension and, and things to develop in, in movies and cinema and probably even real life is to break down that communication and start using go-betweens. I like it. I like it. You're a wise, <clears throat> You're a wise man, John. But anyways, he comes in because they got a new account for Martin's Coffee, and and Duck, uh, for some reason, I guess because of clients' request, wants to bring in younger people to the uh, to the office. He wants a young, fresh take on the different ideas out there, especially Martinson's Coffee. I'll tell you this, John: young people don't know anything, especially that they're young. It, didn't Don say that? I don't know. I thought I made that up. Uh, <laughs> what's funny is uh, Roger pretty much says to him uh, why don't you just go talk to him yourself and Duck's like because uh, I thought you told me you were the go-between right and again makes no sense that you know and Roger even says that doesn't sound like me <laughs> I don't know and I don't know why they couldn't have um, you know taken and taken an episode to really give a reason for this animosity like it seems like they could have built this you know they could have built this based on his want to bring in the young talent, you know, like let right. that cause a real animosity between um, Don and Duck. But right, have the inter- have that interaction. Yeah, create it. But no, we just did it over the off season. And uh, I'll tell you what, though, there's a lot of things in this episode that when I watched it originally, and you know, a lot of things like this that have that are kind of unexplained and strange. That when I watched it for the first time, I totally didn't catch because it's a good episode. Oh yeah, uh, that you just it, it really you, as the viewer, you're completely either too dumb to catch because it's been like six months, uh, or you're just so easily able to forgive it. Right. I feel like it's, I, I, I feel like it's it's amazing that as viewers we're so able to forgive these inconsistencies. Well, and here's the thing: the last episode was the uh, like two days before Thanksgiving, and now we're middle of February, so a lot does happen in almost three months. You know, yeah. just because we didn't see the problems doesn't mean that they didn't happen in the three months that we didn't witness. True. So True. I think that makes it even easier to forgive instead of like if this scene had happened three days after the season finale. Right. And, and this stuff was created. So I think that unseen time, you can just uh, you can use that as an explanation as, oh, well, this is, you know, like maybe for Christmas, uh, Betty got, um, you know, uh, writing lessons. 
Yeah, that's or, true. You, know, that's you, true. you can use that time to explain stuff away. You can, and you, like I said, you have to remember that uh, from from seeing that last episode of season one to seeing this first episode of season two was an enormous chunk of time. Uh, well, both in real life and in the show. Yeah, time. and in the show time. So you're right. So you know, it was it was it's a bit easier to to kind of have that in your mind. Oh, you know, that was a long time ago. So anyway. yeah. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, so we, we've established that Duck now has a problem with Don. He asks. Roger to be a go-between. Roger's like, oh, you can do it. You know, uh, just just, just uh, treat Don as uh, a guy that thinks he knows as much about business as you and, and inside has the mind of a child. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, and, then, and then so finally we get back to the, the lunch that everybody's been just dying to eat. Uh, Don walks in. And, man, I thought he was just going to backhand Kinsey. Kinsey, uh, when he way to go, in, jackass. I know. That takes some balls to sm- to mouth off to Don. What did he say? Uh, you know, Don walks in. Oh, and yeah, all yeah, there. yeah. And Kinsey goes, sorry we're late, boss. Like, wow. Oh, he's a dick. Uh, and let's not forget, the copy he wrote was crap. Well, not only was it crap, but it was last minute. He didn't give Art a chance to bring in anything. It was crap. You know, he just walk- he walks in with it at the last minute. Yeah. Um, which is just, you know, really lame. I'm, su- I'm surprised he lasts as long as he does. But so the, what they're talking about, is, I think this is fantastic. So what they're talking about is an airline called Mohawk Airline. Mm-hmm. And Kinsey, uh, you know, proposes something stupid, you know, uh, uh, new chief in the sky. You know, we've got Boston surrounded, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, you know, Don's like, look, you know, that's funny. Ha ha. We got to advertise because there are people out there without a sense of humor. And he, it's just fantastic. He launches into this thing about the airline, about, you know, how that, uh, that Indian is not about the uh, majestic nature of the Mohawk tribe, but it's a, a fantastical people. It could be a conquistador. It could be uh, a knight in shining armor, uh, you know, taking you to a, a far-off experience. And then, he, you know, so all of this, this, uh, this incredible insight that we got used to in the first season and then he just trails off with blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it's was it's funny great. though. I, I really um, this is the, this is the kind of stuff though that I miss um, in the in the later part of this season and season three is that was a good um, it was a good representation of of how um, how the creative process works. How you can't how you know you need to take the meaning of the word. And step several, several, you know, steps back and try to think about it another way. You know, like you can't right. just, like Kinsey's taking this so literally. Um, right. It's offensive. Um, <laughs> so is he. Right, exactly. Like he, he's bringing it to a really stupid, offensive um, uh, But there's place. a lot of advertising like that. You know, I mean. You no, there is. But like Don problem. says, though, uh, you know, the, they pay, you know, uh. Everyone thinks they can do this, you know, yeah, what I mean? well, and that's the kind, that's the kind of advertising that everyone thinks they can do. Right. Well, and even when Peggy and Dale and Sal bring in their idea, which is, you know, less uh, less stupid, you know, that, that's actually when he launches into that little talk about, uh, you know, it's better, but you don't have it. And um, and uh, and then he gives a couple of words of advice and he's like, OK, you know, we'll do this again tomorrow. 
interesting. Uh, Mohawk Airline actually was a real airline. It began in 1945. Um, yeah. In Ithaca, New York. So okay. It's uh, very topical to the area, so it would have been a very small airline. It grew yeah. in the 50s, got some bigger planes. Um, it looks like it, it, it ran out of steam in the uh, early 70s. Oh, that long, huh? Yeah. Uh, by 1971, labor issues and several strikes caused Mohawk Air, Airlines to merge uh, with Algany Airlines. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, and then later they merged, it looks like, with uh, U.S. Air. So it was a very local airline. So that would have been a oh. pretty small account. That's actually um, Allegheny. Allegheny. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, by 61, were they doing anything? On July 2nd, 1963, at Rochester Mohawk Airlines, 404 attempted to take off. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they did hit, I think they did hit their stride in the 60s, it looks like. So that's interesting, though. Absolutely. Oh, in 1961, it became the first airline to use a centralized computer-based, <laughs> anyway, uh, too much information. <laughs> Wikipedia, thank you. Uh, moving on. Uh, we go home. Yeah. Betty's coming back from riding. Sally helps her take off the riding boots, which apparently are manure caked. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Good for kids. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and, and for Betty to wear them in the house. <laughs> And, uh, and and Sally asks to ride, and Betty's like, nope. And that's the extent of the interchange. Not a really a terribly useful scene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back to the office, uh, Roger walks in. Um, <laughs> I, everything he says is just funny. He's good, man. You know, he walks in, and he's like, you know, if you're drinking alone, they say you're an alcoholic. So I'm helping us both out. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, he... Um, he he bra- breaks the idea of the young the young person the young copywriter and Don Don sniffs it out immediately again this like it just feels forced because Don you know they have Don sniff it out hey this smells like accounts like why not just have this scene between Don and Doug yeah, and know. have it and have it be a conflict scene you know I don't um, know but anyways uh, you know Roger says why don't you know why don't we get young people Don's like you don't need young people. And, you know, again, Rod, Roger gets his way pretty much every time. Well, of course, uh, he owns the place, man. Yeah, but Don's now... Uh, Not you know, at this Don's, point. No. He's just a creative director. That's right. Oh, so. that's right. That's right. Um, so anyway, so you're right. So, so that's why Roger gets his way. Um, but uh, Don tries his best to talk him out of it, and Roger's like, eh, prove him wrong. Which I thought was a good response. No, no, he he handled this very well. He didn't just stand over him and say, "Do it," because I say to do it. So, I mean, Roger did it as diplomatically as uh, as you probably could um, with Don. So, uh, but again, you know, the whole indirect communication, the go-betweens, that's always going to cause trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and then we, from here we get to go to like kind of a little celebration of sorts. We go to a, a nice, you know, who knows where dining room, probably you, somewhere in Manhattan. You know where I think this is, or Tell where me. it's where it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. You can eat in Grand Central Station, and there's nice restaurants, and it's actually really beautiful. If you ever get a chance, if you're not from New York, um, or actually, even if you, if you are from New York, it's it's. And I I've only done this once. I forget to do it all the time. But you can um, you can go um, down into Grand Central, um, and I mean, you, and you're not near the tracks or anything, um, sure, obviously. And it's just it's beautiful down there, and they have some decent restaurants. Huh. Um, it's a really cool experience. I recommend it immensely. 
And I think that's where this is. I think this is actually in Grand Central. I mean, obviously not filmed there, but made to look as if it would have been. Um, and I could be wrong, but I believe that's what this is. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, Betty's meeting uh, Don for dinner. It's Valentine's you, Day dinner. The, the thing about Betty, she, like, you know, even in her riding outfit, and especially here, and then in a couple minutes, just, I mean, I know she's pretty, but they really kind of knock you over with it in this episode. Yeah, she's all right. Wow. Uh, they, meet, <laughs> they meet for dinner, um, and they happen to run into uh, Betty's old roommate, whose name is John. Don't leave me hanging here. Juanita. Juanita. Where'd you pull that nice. out of? My notes. My memory. Um, yes, who's, who's also very pretty. Who does she also, is. she does have the crazy eye, though. Oh, yes. And yeah. lots of jewels in the crazy eye. And it turns out, John, she's a I think she's girl. also wearing a bumpet. She could be wearing a bumpet and probably Spanx. With that. <laughs> she, uh, she's, she's a lady of the night, a party girl, a call girl. Um, and she looks like she's dating some fat guy from uh, GM. And uh, Don kind of has to break this down to Betty. I don't know if she just didn't catch it or maybe she didn't want to. But he was like, uh, she's like, oh, I never knew she'd be with an older man like that. And Don's like, I don't think that she's, no. Right, that's, not, that's not a permanent situation. Exactly. But I think, you know, Betty still wishes she was in the city and doing fun stuff. And so seeing somebody like this is kind of like a blast from the past. It's like that for anybody, though. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, but then they move on and then have that talk and. And Betty's like, what are we doing? And Don's like, oh, you know, how about room service? And he's like, oh, isn't that nice? So, <laughs> but so actually, I laughed at uh, when you just said it, and I laughed at it when she said it. It just seemed, she <laughs> just sounded so stupid. Anyway. <laughs> but so, so they get to the hotel, and, and, and Betty gives Don uh, Sally's Valentine, mm-hmm. the old Cheerio Valentine, very sweet. He likes that. And, and uh, Betty changes into this. Uh, is the what is that a negligee or a nighty or what what would you call it? Uh, I think that would be uh, uh, technically the technical term, John lingerie. All right, indeed. Uh, but yeah, very you hot. Know. But the thing is, is she's wearing um, these like flesh toned stockings, which Kate, Kate pointed out as being not only strange but unattractive. Really, I thought the stockings matched the. Uh... They did not. They're like they're like. You know, like a flesh tone grandma kind of stocking. It kind of ruins the whole uh, the whole outfit. You know, right before she comes out in the stockings. Oh, yep, you're right. Right before she comes out in the stockings, um, she's talking about that Juanita girl. Yeah. And uh, she she's in the bathroom and she's talking out to Don. And she goes, "Yeah, call girl, man, I can't imagine." And she goes, "What do you think one of those girls would cost?" And this uh, might have been the smartest thing Don. This might be the smartest thing Don's ever done. He just doesn't answer. Yeah, just don't answer. Is <laughs> the answer to that? Don's not an idiot. Don't, don't, don't say anything. Um, but this episode, I mean, this scene, which I don't know if I would have noticed the first time, is is just kind of uh, just heartbreakingly uh, just routine. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, it's Valentine's Day. Okay, cool. Hey, you want to go upstairs? Okay, I guess. Hey, I'm going to go in the bathroom and get on the sexy clothes. Cool. I'll be out here. I'll take my shirt off. Cool. Hey, uh, here I am in the sexy clothes. Okay, great. I'm going to brush my teeth. Sounds good. I'm going to get in the bed. Cool. I'll be right out. You know what I mean? Like, completely just, like, um, not very exciting. 
And you, you know what else is routine? No, I don't. Pete being an ass. <laughs> Because that's where we go, Des. We go to the Campbells. It's the end of the night. Pete comes home. He hands uh, Trudy a nice little chocolate. And then just starts in being awful. He's like, oh, I got that note you sent for me. Why did you put it in my bag? Be careful next time. My assistant got it. And then he looks at it and goes, open that up. I want one. I mean, he is a prolific douche, <laughs> indeed. Um, of course, she was all upset. Uh, Tr- Trudy's, you know, um, on a baby campaign. Um, she's real upset that, uh, you know, uh, they're not having much luck in the baby department. And she tells a little story about how she saw some uh, fat immigrant lady uh, who already had two kids um, checking out some fruit and being pregnant with another. Uh, it was a very... Uh, it was, actually, when, when we were watching this, I was saying, this is one thing that has not changed uh, since, oh. since the 60s. Uh, ladies being uh, baby crazy in New York, and I'm sure it's this way everywhere, but I feel like it is more, maybe it's not more, but it's such a competition here. It's a club, just like she says. Oh, yeah. Well, I think what really got her was that uh, Harry, Harry Crane's wife is pregnant now. Exactly. So Hitting home. Thanks a lot, Crane. But, uh, but you know, then we get back to the the hotel. Uh, Don and Betty are, are, are doing something, having relations. And uh, <laughs> Don's not having much luck on his end. No, no. Apparently, according to uh, Betty, they drank too much. Um, and they go ahead and order up some uh, what turns out to be sirloin. And hey, that'll help. That's right. Um, you know what? I didn't know. I, I didn't look this up. Did they actually have TV remotes in 1961? I thought that was amazing. No, I think they did. But I think they, you know, they, there were no volume control. And it was just the clicker. I don't think it was very advanced. No, I I didn't. I mean, geez, when we were little, we didn't have a remote. Um, uh, so that's what I was surprised. I want to know what hotel this was supposed to be, by the way. That room was effing huge. Oh. Um, I think they do mention it in the episode. They, they do. When she's talking to Francine later on. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it, you, you think that was a big room? That room was huge. That's a big uh, room. You mean for a hotel? Yeah. Okay. Hotel down uh, in New York. It's a huge room. Um, but then it was kind of cool. They do this thing, and I think this is kind of this kind of sets you up for the whole Kennedy thing. You know, it is every single person who's having their special Valentine's Day, uh, you know, night uh, is watching the uh, uh, Jackie uh, Kennedy take him through the uh, the White House, which I think is always great because it's a great anchor to the time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool. Everybody was watching it. Pete, Pete watching it while eating the rest of Trudy's candy. No, Pete wasn't watching it though. Oh, he wasn't watching it. They just flashed to him eating the rest of Trudy's candy. <laughs> it sounds like he's watching cartoons. Oh, maybe he is. What an idiot! Oh, I just found out uh, the room was at a place called the Savoy. Savoy. I'm gonna look that up. I don't know. I don't. I don't maybe that's not still around anyway. Go ahead. Um, so, so now we got um, we we finished watching this show where, where you know Jackie is taking everybody on the tour, and um, and did you already uh, uh, point out that that we saw every like Sal? Oh, where well, we... I didn't go through each one, but yeah, we we saw everybody. Uh, Sal, of course, who now is married. What the yeah, uh... and that's all you see. I mean, you see him sitting with uh, this girl. We find out later that her name's Kitty, and Kitty. Her, 
and she's got you know she's got a wedding ring on, and they're cuddling, and that's it. I mean, it, uh, it's, they're it's, not it's, even cuddling. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then now we we actually get our very first glimpse of Joan's doctor, not her physician, but her uh, beau, and they're yeah, and that's they're not the out. same guy, John. Right. Right, and you know, we even here we get a glimpse that hey, maybe this isn't the uh, uh, the best thing in the world because uh, they're they're kind of making out, and Joan's just more fascinated by a White House tour. Well, everybody was. It was exciting times. Maybe, and that and like you said, Pete, Pete isn't actually watching it. I mean, they make it sound like it's cartoons or something, but he's just up watching TV. What a douche. Um. You know, and then we we flip back to uh, to the house where Betty and Francine are talking about it, and yeah, that's where we we find out about the the Savoy, and um, you know, Francine says she was delightfully disappointed because remember we ended the season with uh, her finding out about uh, Carlton being a cheat, and she was you know yeah, no all mention upset. of that, like no mention of that at all. No, but you kind of get that that feeling that there's just absolutely nothing there now. Like but that's nothing. what that's what the same thing she would have said before though. I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing she would have said before. I don't know. I, yeah. Who knows? She, she also throws out a little story about how she would steal money from her father real, uh, yeah, real nicely. Kind of in I don't That story was useless. Yeah, yeah kind of yeah. useless. Pretty much. I know, uh, I know she's your favorite character, so you want to keep talking about her. Well, Francis, yeah, you know, I, was, <laughs> I actually looked up her IMDb. She's been in quite a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. So maybe she's not uh, maybe she's not just a terrible actress. Oh, moving on. Okay, leave that poor lady alone. Um, <laughs> so we get we get all the boys sitting around this weird thing, like where they're kind of meeting at a table, but not really. And Sal wants to go somewhere else, and that's just kind of weird. They're they're, they're all worried about the, uh, the people, new guys, being... the young talent. These guys aren't that old, though. That's what's kind of that's what's kind of weird about that. That's that that whole storyline is just kind of stupid because those guys, the young guys, look about the same age as, uh, uh, as Cosgrove, Pete, as Pete and Cosgrove and Kinsey do. I mean, yeah, Sal Sal's a bit older, but the rest of those kids. I mean, Peggy, yeah. she's twenty. She says she even says I'm twenty two. Right, right. You know, they say again, she doesn't count because she's mm-hmm. a girl. Um, but the uh, you know, honestly, the, the the only thing they really have on age is you know uh, Don, Freddie, and Sal. I mean, I agree. I think all of those guys are, you know, all of them. Kinsey, Cosgrove, Pete, mm-hmm. that, you know, they're all young. So whatever. But so they bring in these two, these two guys. I don't know about these guys. Um, yeah, I don't know about this either. It seems stupid. And it seems like it was almost, you know, when they, as they deal with it later in the uh, season, like mm-hmm. the storyline just isn't, isn't going anywhere with these two. No, no, not a lot of legs. But, you know, they're, he's, doing it, he's interviewing because he has to. Yeah, you know, he asks them if they've ever been fired. We don't even see an answer to that. No, we don't. Um, that was kind of weird, too, because that's the kind of thing, like, I feel like you do get that kind of stuff in interviews where I've, you know, I, I'm i going to ask you this because I was asked it when I was interviewed. And usually yep. there's some kind of story there. Yeah. Or I don't know, some kind of something. And then he just say that, they cut away, and then nothing else about it. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My favorite part, though, I'm just going to move on from it because I don't even want to talk about this. That's fine. Let's go. Um, is uh, then we move to uh, Joan out in the uh, out in the hallway, still worried about the copier, and she uh, she she uh, kind of catches up with Lois, 
and is like, hey, you know, I heard there was a little bit of beef with you and Peggy. What's the situation? Oh, no, I saw you crying in the break room. My favorite part of this is uh, she's like, listen, I don't like crying in the break room. That's what your apartment is for. Brilliant. We need more of that in life. We need more oh, Jones. Absolutely. absolutely. And I like the fact that uh, Lois has now taken over the stupid role from uh, Francine. From Francine. Oh, yes, yeah, true. Just like the entire show. Stupidest person on the show. <laughs> Way to go, Lois. There again, uh, the woman who plays Lois, if you'd like to come on the show and uh, disprove your stupidity, it's the staff at madmanrecap.com. All right. So we go back to uh, the interview. Uh, Curtis Smith, the tiny guy without the accent, saying he's Smitty, is saying bye to Don. Duck comes over to introduce himself. Uh, you know, they all smile. They say, hey, you know, let's kind of keep this quiet, which I didn't understand that either. Oh no! The reason they said that is because uh, they don't—they don't want other agencies to know that they're interviewing. The, oh. They probably don't want their current current agency to hear. I that see. Interviewing. Okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. You know, and then and so this this is actually a nice big tension scene. Then when they walk away and, and Duck comes over and is like, "Oh, I like the way you're taking things." Like Don doesn't know where the direction came from, and so Don, you know, Don actually you know takes a nice slice at him here. He goes. You know, I got you. Uh, you know, I got you. The young people. Uh, I, I really don't want to hear any excuses if you can't bring in Martinson's coffee. Yeah. And uh, you know, Duck takes that as a personal affront. Gets all bristly and says, "Look, there's other ways to think of things than the way you think of them." And uh, storms off. So there's your there's your tension. But again, it it didn't develop there. It was just yeah. kind of already, brought in. Yeah, it's already been there. there. Yeah. So, and. Um, and then so they, they everybody pops into Pete's office, and Cosgrove wants to go celebrate because now everybody knows that Crane's going to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the boys all head out. Peggy's getting packed up because uh, she has to head over to see Don real quick. And you know, and there's a nice little uh, uh, fun tension moment that's not really tension because Pete doesn't know what's going on about. Hey, do you, you know, do you want to have kids, Peggy? Oh, I know it. Someday you know, she gives a great look. She, she does. You know, she totally that. sells that. Um, so, so then they, they move on. They move over to the office. Peggy and Sal head up with their updated Mohawk ad. And this, this I thought was really. What did you think of this? Where, where uh, you know, Peggy's like, "Oh, sex sells." What did you uh, think it of was Don, great. Don's it was great. response? To that, that was that was a great response because. Uh, and what was the response? Well, it was the, kind of it's kind audience. of what I was saying earlier. Like it was more so this thing that like you can't just you can't just always you can't fall back on sex sells. Anybody could do that. You know what I mean? And he's like, how do you know sex sells? It was, it was just it was a good it was a, it was like a really good like teaching moment. And you really saw a kind of uh, 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 under under my wing kind of moment with her and uh, her and Don. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was another great, you know actual use of the advertising world uh which which the show loses and i I know i always say that but i mean i think it makes for great a great storyline a lot of times and i thought there was a nice little little tiny undertone about um you know about the the tension between don and duck uh when he says you know that that they can't do what we do and they hate us you know I, i think you know that was specifically directed at accounts who yep. think that you know? Who think that exactly? You know, they they grab a girl in a short skirt and, and put a uh, put a, a headline on it, and you're yeah, done. A headline, and you're done. Yeah, yeah I know. It. 
I know. Next is my favorite scene. I know I've said this three times now, but this is this is my last favorite scene of the episode. <laughs> this is this is like the last scene, right? No, oh, this isn't the last scene. The, uh, the, he's in the elevator leaving for the day, and these two guys uh, get in with him, and not from his office, but from another uh, floor on the building, and uh, they're talking about you know maybe one of the secretaries they'd gotten uh, gotten a little friendly with, and. Uh, this, this a, woman that's a little bit older, you know, maybe in her, her late 40s, gets on the um, gets on the elevator and uh, and these guys are still kind of going off and, you know, getting a little getting a little crude, John, a little bit crude. Uh, oh, they, well, they went past a little crude. They, they, yeah. And Don's they, like they were they were way too graphic. I mean, it was just they were uh, pretty graphic. Yeah. And uh, I, I really don't think that anyone would do that if, uh, you know, uh, another lady got on. You know, if it's guys in there. OK, we all know what that's like. But uh uh, ladies, you know, you try to curb it a bit. These guys not don't these guys. care. These guys do no. not care. These guys are worse than the douche crew that work at uh, Sterling, work Coop. at Sterling Cooper. Uh, anyway, uh, Don Don tells a guy to take his hat. He just turns to him. He says, like, take your hat off. And the guy's like, what? Like, you know, you, what, what are you messing with me for? He, then Don reaches over and takes his hat off and, like, pushes it in his chest. There's only one person alive that could do that, my friends. And that is Don, Don Draper. Not only that, but did you see how they cast that? Those two guys were a full head shorter than Don. <laughs> see how you cast that? Either way, it was no awesome. man. Don does not do that to somebody that's six six because they couldn't reach the hat. I mean, they, you know, they got some tiny people on there so that he could. Oh come on! He could physically intimidate. Don't ruin them. this for me. Don't ruin All this right. for me. Not ruined. I thought it was awesome. All right. Okay. No, it was. I mean, and he, you know, that's what those guys deserve. They were being, you know. Ass wipes, but that was not. Uh, <laughs> I prefer to call them ass champions, John. <laughs> or, or you know, as they say south of the border, as sweepies. <laughs> oh, uh, is that what it is? I'm not, my uh, Spanish not so good. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, and and um, but yeah, you know, you like to see that uh, Darren does uh, take a little pride in, in in public behavior. He's a hero, John. He he is. He has his own theme music, and so. <laughs> <laughs> also saw that uh, that Peggy continues to get disrespected uh, as a professional, where they just took her office for the copier. That's yeah, where it went. That was unfortunate for her. Yeah. Um, but, now um, this is kind of moving on to kind of the last scene uh, for yep. the most part. Yep. Is uh, Peggy's on, uh, uh, Betty's on her way? <laughs> you almost got I, through this. I, I, I know. I almost. I almost. It's my calling card, John. <laughs> Betty's uh, on her way to pick up little crazy Sally Draper. And uh, the car breaks down. She, she throws a belt. The belt breaks. And uh, so, she, you know, she's hanging outside the road. Car comes by. She says, hey, could you, could you, could you send the tow truck guy? And uh, so the tow truck guy comes out. And he's looking at her car. And he says, hey, you know, it's a belt. I can fix it. Nine bucks. She's like, okay. And she goes to her wallet. She's got three. And change. And this is a strange exchange here because uh, Betty would like to use her feminine wilds to get this for free. Um, Without doing anything more than that. Without doing anything more. And I think the tow truck driver is expecting uh, expecting a little something something, as the kids say. It was, so an, it was an awkward episode. The whole thing was a little bit awkward for me. No, I think that's how it was drawn up, too. I mean, I, I think that was done well. It was. It was a- a good awkward scene that was intentionally awkward. 
But what is this scene? What is this scene saying to us? I, you know what I mean? It's like I'm not learning anything about uh, Betty. I don't feel. No, like no. I mean, really, I think it's really know. like. I think this kind of harkens back to the start of the episode where she sees her call girl friend, you know, who is still making a living on her looks. Um, okay, that, John's bringing this home for me, John. This is good. Go ahead. What? No, I mean, does no. That this make is. Sense? The, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. I think uh, she wants to. She wants to be able to make yeah make Get good something. on her looks yeah yeah absolutely and she's certainly not willing to go any further than that right no she just wants to be able to flash your smile and you know what's the line like you know there's nothing you could do for a damsel in distress i mean you know that kind of thing yeah yeah totally very um, good but then you know then afterwards when because the thing is is even though she wants to be able to do that uh, her friend is is not just you know her friend's not just hanging out with these guys you know well she's we not, don't know that not, John yeah we do she's not getting two carat <laughs> diamond rings for going to dinner um, uh, I don't know how you get two carat diamond rings John I'm I don't know if uh, anyway sorry <laughs> but you know what I mean no you know, exactly so, you're right so the friend's exactly doing right. more than what Betty wants to do and yet when the 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 thing, the scene kind of ends and she hands him the $3, you know, he, he holds on for a really uncomfortably long time. Oh yeah. Um, to the hand. Cause he's expecting more than, than $3 and a smile. Hey man, he's doing her a favor. He'd like one in return. Right. And it doesn't happen. Good so for she, her. You know, she gets the belt fixed. She gets a, a little Sally. They come back and, uh, uh, Sally dances, um, to uh, to to some music. Well, actually, she's not dancing to music. We get the music coming up in the background as they fade out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sally dancing. So, who was uh, that kid? That who who was the little boy? I don't remember. I he always looks a little different to me. Bobby. Is that Bobby? Yeah. Okay. You thought it was what a nephew? I'm just waiting for the great Bobby switch. No, I think that's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah. I'm alluding to it, so, John. That That is me being foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, so here, here's the <laughs> thing. So, so the, we, got, uh, we got an email, uh, actually a comment, from somebody out in, in, believe it or not, Peru. In listener land? Oh, Listener cool. land. Okay. But not just in listener land, in a different hemisphere. <laughs> All right. Who knew our listener land extended so far? Yeah. And so um, I, our listener in Peru was like, hey, we're... You know, we don't get mad men, so we bought the DVDs and we're watching them along with your podcast, which was incredibly flattering. Indeed. It was very nice. Thank you, uh, sir. But he also said since he has not seen season three, uh, they put in a request to not give out too much information. Uh-oh, did I just spill the beans? No, no, you didn't spill the beans. What that brings me to is the very final scene okay. uh, of the show. Okay. Because there's, uh, you know, there's some really uh, heavy information that you could... Talk about or not. The, the, the show ends with Don reading the meditations in an, in an emergency. Right. Um, you know, talking about life in, in New York. And he mails this. And we don't see who he mails this to. Now, I have a pretty good idea, and I think you probably do too, who this is going to. We speculated but, indeed. But, uh, but if, we, if, if we were to speculate, that, would, uh, that, could, that could really make things bad for our... Peru friends. So what we're going to do is to say right now, 
anybody that doesn't want to have um, some future episodes ruined, go ahead and turn off for about uh, while we talk about what is probably going. Okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Lol. Right. Uh, all right. So, so what? I don't know about you, but the only person in the world who this could probably be going to <laughs> is is Mrs. Mrs. Draper, the real Mrs. The Draper. real. The real. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I mean, it's that, something like that, that. Was our guess as well? Yeah. I mean, there's there's no one else in the world it could be going to, and it's um, you know. And at this point, there's no way you would have any thought. No, it you was, know, if, you, if really you're just confusing. watching this for the first time, what's that? It was really confusing. I mean, you're like, oh yeah, what's he, what's he talking about? Right, right, and, and and that's the point. That's to draw you in, and 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 uh, so when you were to go back and watch this after, you know, you, you knew what it was up, then you would get it. So yeah. I thought that was done well. Well done, well done, writers. Yes. So big episode, huge, John. You, I mean, I, I, and I can't wait to get into. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is. I really like how this. You know, this season just hits the ground running. Um, I've already watched the first three. I can't wait to keep talking about it. As uh, you know, just just a ton of stuff happens this season. It's exciting, John. Let's hurry up because we're cruising up on the hour mark. Why don't we thank? Oh, really? uh, thank a few of the emailers, a few of the two hundred thousands. Yeah, we are, uh, and and close out the show. Sure, we are. We already mentioned Bruce and Lima. Uh, fantastic! We we love people uh, international. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, for listening. Um, from a, as far as emailers go, we got one from Tony. Tony, Tony in New York. I don't know what you thought about this one, but uh, Tony says that I sound just like John Ham. I've been thinking that the whole time, John. Yeah. No, not at all. But you know oh, what? Come on. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we all need we all need a little something. And yes, you look like John Hamm. Is he the one that also said that I brought rapey Pete into the modern lexicon? It's the pop culture lexicon. Sir, you are exactly right, and I thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, and then we want to give uh, a big thank you shout out to um, uh, to our friend Muzz or Murray. Murray is our second international. To write in just for this episode. Thank you, Murray. He gives us a great big good day from Sydney, Australia. Hey, that's far away. Uh, you know, he also is watching these on the DVDs. Yes. Um, and, and is having a great time. Uh, so, so we want to say thanks to him. We want to give a, a thanks to Zach, uh, who gave us uh, you know quite a few insights about his take on the first season and and how identity plays a big role in that. Uh, also gave us a link to his his own podcast. Heyo. Uh, which we'll go ahead and throw up a link on the website if you guys want to check it out called ourlist.podbean.com. Just uh, him and a friend discussing a topic of the day. I was listening to it a little bit before we did our show tonight. Yeah, what'd you think? I like it. It's fun. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, uh, quickly, we got a, a couple more. We got Ken Campbell, who gives us a shout from West Palm Beach, Florida. Florida. Um, He's he says he really uh, just enjoys it. He was talking about how he thinks Vince, who plays Pete, is every bit as creepy as the character. That. Pete. I uh, saw that, and I don't doubt it for a second. No, I don't either. And I, I even uh, I even was saying that if that's the case, I, I don't even want to see that uh, commentary. It would only make it, it worse. It would make me sad. It would make our heckling even worse. <laughs> it really is he true? Is he is he even acting at this point? No kidding. All well, because right. because we know January is not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you sneak a zinger in there. And you're right. 
Um, we got one from uh, somebody that didn't actually leave a name, but um, threw out a, a vote for the recap and, and also a vote for a hot Rachel Mencken. Um, so, okay. All right. Um, we, got a, we got another vote from uh, Chris, who uh, says that he really uh, likes the show. He loves the insight. He uh, specifically no- noted your insight on the elevator girl. Oh, right, from, yeah. No, that was, yeah. That from was the end one. of the end of season one and uh, gave us a, a big vote and uh, wished me luck at the, uh, the new place in Columbus. So thank you, Chris. Uh, I want to make sure that we didn't miss anybody. Um, uh, that, the last one, actually. We got one more. Uh, this is a, a repeat writer. And we always love to hear from people more than once. Uh, Alicia, who yeah. was uh, from before, said she's loving the uh, podcast. Uh, she, she's really realizing just how terrible Ravy Pete is how uh, heinous Paul Kenzie is. And I love that she throws in a P.S. Henry Francis sucks. He does uh, suck. We're not even here yet. And we, I was going to say, we have had the pleasure of not <laughs> discussing this guy for like three months. I know it because he was and, such uh, a huge part of, uh, of season three. Yeah, and people still hate him that much. Well, That's, I can't stand him. Although she was really commenting on, on season three as well. So, uh, so thank you, everybody. That was wonderful to get such a, a, a response. Um, John, it's you know it really is great to get the emails, um, and I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but I'm, but I'm sad. Why are you sad? Well, I'll tell you why I'm sad. We have not received another voicemail. We got one. We got we've gotten one, and Jack is standing out as a shining star at this point because he's our only one. So please, uh, you know it's it's right under every post. Uh, I, uh, you know, if you don't want us to play it back, you can just say please don't pay it back. But, I mean, God, I went through the trouble of setting this damn thing up. Right, John? Well, it's a pretty straightforward thing. Ah, couldn't be any more straightforward. So it's called Google Voice. You click on the widget at the bottom of every post. Well, just one time. They know how to use it, John. Okay. They know how to use it. They're just not doing it. And it's okay. If you don't don't want to call, I'll take an email. I love hearing back from people. We do the show for free. Okay. I think they know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No one would pay for it. All right, man. Well, um, I think that's it. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, get another show out soon. Um, like I said, some of the shows will double up. Some of them we won't. It depends about how much time I have to watch episodes. So, um, great show, buddy. That, that, that sounds good. Looking forward to the rest of the season with you. I'll talk to you next time. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye.